Hello, and welcome to week three of the Thought Junkie podcast. We're coming at you live from a political prisoner's dungeon in South America. Please send help. I'm hungry. <laughs> What's going on, man? How's it going? Uh, it's going well. I mean, I didn't think that we'd uh, make it past week one, so I'm glad to be here week three, you yeah, know? That's uh, good. Again, as always, I feel like I'm going to thank all of our, our listeners for their support every week, but I'm, I'm sure. going to cut that shit right now. I don't, want them to get, <laughs> I don't want them to get a big head. Oh, my gosh. So uh, I want to start off with a shout-out because you got to give one last week, and I feel like, like I, I've, I've been left out. My anti-shout-out? Yeah, your anti-shout-out. I'm, I'm going to give a positive one, right? Yeah, go for it. I'm, I'm giving a shout-out to uh, a company ne- near and dear to my heart. Okay. Uh for the good work they've been doing as of recent. Okay. I'm going to give a shout-out to Pokemon because they've been doing great shit. Sponsor us, Nintendo. Oh, God, no. <laughs> uh, but I, I just want to be known. I'm a fanboy. I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm a diehard Pokemon ride or die, and I, I'm super pumped, and I've been literally riding the high since the announcement of the newest generation of Pokemon. And I don't want to get that out of the way because th- there's no way we're going to segue back into that topic throughout this discussion. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that the Japanese are making you happy. They do. <laughs> I mean, th- th- this is the the, the Japanese Italian alliance from World War II. It's still alive today, you know. To be honest with you, I don't think they ever talked. I just think they knew they were friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like like the one guy you know in your class, and you uh you look at him down the hall, and like you don't know his name, but you give him like a little nod when the professor says something stupid, or yeah. like, like you smile at him when when you walk down the hallway, or something like like hey, you know. That's we're, funny. we're on the same team here. Yeah, like shit's right. hitting the fan, but you know we're 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 sticking together through this. <laughs> Sorry, were, were you Frank? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but today, Max, we're going to uh, we're gonna stray away from the memes a little bit, at least to start off. Yes, uh, we're talking about something very near and dear to my heart. We're gonna talk about the role of media, oh, in society. Oh, and I know I know I pitched this to you when we were discussing what we could talk about uh, on the show, naturally. And uh, it's something that, uh, again, like I said, it's very near and dear to my heart as a, uh, a journalist. I, I consider myself a journalist, uh, professionally trained, uh, oh. as of now. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you get lots of talk in the, the, the media, about the media. It's, uh, it's almost like it, it's a topic of discussion itself, and it hasn't been that way. Yeah. Uh, to my knowledge, uh, in a while. So uh, I'm going to get the ball rolling in two words. Fake news. Oh, I thought you were going to go Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, Same what, difference. What, what were you expecting? <laughs> well, I mean, this, you know, this podcast about media is coming in the shadow of that whole Alex Jones, Joe Rogan thing that yeah. happened yesterday, man. Uh, elaborate. So, well, basically, my understanding is that I think Joe Rogan and Alex Jones are previously friends from like kind of like before when they were both really big and famous or whatever. Gotcha. And he had him on his podcast last night. And a lot of people were, it was the most trending thing, not just in the United States, I think. I want to say it was worldwide, was Alex Jones. Gotcha. And um, the. There were a lot of people who were saying, like, they they were dogging Joe Rogan. They were like, you shouldn't give this guy a platform, you know. Like, he has the right to speak, but he doesn't have the right to have that platform or something like that. Uh Uh-huh. And it was fun. I saw this one tweet. 
it was hilarious. Like, and uh, I was kind of talking about like some blue checkmark person on Twitter, and it was like yeah. Alex Jones doesn't deserve a platform to speak. This is incredibly unethical from Joe Rogan. Then he's like. Some a gif of some guy's eyes going crazy, and uh-huh. he's like me trying to follow Alex Jones's point about <laughs> aliens and wizards. <laughs> because I won't lie to you, uh, it seems like Joe Rogan is more of an entertainer than a news person, mm-hmm. and I'll put that out there right now. And it seems that given the uh reaction to almost anything that uh that Alex Jones says, yeah. he is borderline entertainment as well. Oh, for sure. I, to to be honest with you, I, I don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth, <laughs> but I am extremely entertained by what yeah. he says, <laughs> nonetheless. So you tell me about the the part about the fluoride in the water turning the frogs gay mm-hmm. is, is, is 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 fake. Uh, yeah, I I do believe that that is fake. Okay. Otherwise, we would be in deep trouble with the, all the fluoride in this region's water. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I won't lie though. Th- I think that there's a certain value to uh, to Alex Jones's strategy, though, because I'll put it out there. I'll say that everything that he says he believes is true. So l- let's just say, in a perfect world, everything he says is true. He's a journalist, right? Would that be a perfect world? I'm not gonna say a perfect <laughs> world. I'm going to say an improved world, right? So, so this man has an audience, right? He's he's spitting the truth. But I think that the the entertaining, like vulgar kind of fashion that he gives off mm-hmm. is kind of like having like uh, some sugar in your tea or, or like, like taking, uh, you know, like, like, like sweets and medicine or whatever, you know? Yeah. It makes consuming the news easier. I think that's really important. I think, well, when you say consuming the news easier, uh, you, would, you would be the media expert in this room. Uh, when you say consuming the... The news easier, like what? What do you mean? Like, is it kind of like that? Just like not a lot of, you know, academic-based explanation. Just a lot of screaming and quick points, and keep it moving so you don't stop to question, like that kind of stuff. Like take you like the like a fifteen-second story that will will affect a thousand years of, mm-hmm. <laughs> of things. Uh, I think in part that that reigns true, but I think that to put it very bluntly. There's a lot of fucked up shit in this world. <laughs> and uh and pretty as it is, I mean, uh I had one of my uh my professors tell me the story about uh a student that was going through an internship, right? Mm-hmm. And on the first day of her broadcast internship, without any direction, she's like, Okay, like get in the broadcast van, we're gonna go report on a story and she's oh. like, This is great, like we're in the field, we're reporting. Yeah. And he goes, Yeah, it's a double homicide. Oh. Uh and she she reported on it cried her entire way back to the news station, didn't come back the second day. Oh, my God. And, uh, I mean, that's just an example of just, like, I, I mean, news people Jesus are. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, imagine that, like, day one, you're hopping in. Like, yeah, uh, we, we were uh, reporting a, uh, a double homicide. Oh, you were going dude. to be uh, uh, on the scene. She was probably hoping for that, like, cat stuck in the tree, fireman type. Oh, yeah. Like a little story, she didn't think they were gonna go big time. They're like, "No, you're covering double homicide." She's she's like, "But but the, <laughs> I, I was expecting cat and tree or or, or Girl Scout troop." Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but I mean, like, like I think that there's there's a place for uh for news like that, the soft news. But I mean, a lot of news is hard news. Like if you turn on any mainstream 
broadcast station or even like any mainstream like online publication newspaper like it's mostly going to be hard news yeah but like the people and they're mostly entertainers uh but i think that they're also journalists in their own right uh that can give you that sort of entertainment value Mm -hmm. and make that hard news really comprehensive yeah that's really important because i think if i if i'm studying the study correctly uh in europe uh I don't know the American uh, demographics. I, I didn't check this out, but the Europe, the European demographics, 57% of Europeans say that they get their news strictly from social media, no other place. So, I mean, there's a value to having engaging, entertaining media. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's a bunch of other factors that would go into that. Like, how, yeah. how do you know? Like, are Europeans more inclined to look at social media as opposed to news? Are Americans more inclined to watch cable news like Fox News and MSNBC, CNN? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that could be a Western European study. It could be Eastern European. But I, I think what you're saying about their, like finding a way to kind of compress real things yeah. into something that's short. Mm-hmm. It's definitely useful, but where the the kind of the historian in me comes out is like it needs to be objective. Yeah. Like I don't I don't want your spin. I don't want your opinion. Like just present the information and then like like as much information as you can provide. I get it. For some people it's gotta be information in a small amount mm-hmm. and then let me make up my mind how I feel about it. Don't provide that for me. Yeah, and I'll give you two examples, uh, one on either side of the coin. Both are, are consumed pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget the news organization, but I, I saw it on Snapchat. Uh, and they were explaining how cryptocurrency worked by this news organization making their own cryptocurrency and assigning value to it and using it in small scale. Yeah. And it was super cool to like break down how this trending topic is working and stuff like that. Right. Uh, there was no spin, very factual, very applied. And that was incredibly engaging to watch. Yeah. As opposed to maybe like SNL, where they're portraying uh, President Trump or formerly President Obama, exaggerating features and talking about current events and actual things that have happened. But again, there's that they're trying to be entertaining rather than informative primarily. Yeah. I don't know if SNL's news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm saying news media put into entertainment. Like, yeah. I'd also clump into oh, their, like... Oh, I get what you're saying. I'd clump into their, like, The Daily Show. I'd Trump, uh, uh, also clump in there uh, The Colbert Report when that was on. Uh, is it still on? I don't, I don't even I, know. I don't... I'm not a late night... Oh, you're good. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, like, like those political comedy ones where, like, the, the, the Daily Show with Trevor Noah, he makes no attempt to hide that, like, the spin uh, is, like, democratic-leaning. Yeah, and like like that's kind of like part of the gimmick. And the Colbert Report was like hyper Republican. If I got those facts right, I think it's I think it's kind of like representative of the areas though. Like what, uh, when you have like such a large country as the United States, because mm-hmm. like it's it's like fifty countries into one. Yeah. But like the thing is, is like where a lot of media is produced, New York and California mm-hmm. are they're blue states you know so like naturally a lot of that is going to be leaning uh left and then on top of that most most tech related things and tech giants billionaires well technological like fortune 500 
those uh-huh. kinds of people. Um, lean left as well, but that's like kind of like that tech sector in general. But like if I wonder if things would be different if like yeah, it would most certainly be different if like uh, SNL was shot in Tuscaloosa, <laughs> you know, or like uh-huh. or. I'm trying to think of it like Little Rock or yeah. something, you know. Just you get what I'm saying, though. Yeah, no, no, I I feel that. And uh, we got to shoot news in space. That's how we stay objective. Space is the only place that we can run actual news. Yeah, I, I'm actually totally here for that, though. I won't lie. Let's gonna go back to our our, our first podcast. Where we're talking about space deer and oh, space yeah, yeah. beans. You want to do you want to do the news from space? Yeah, news from space, hands down. Oh, I, for a second there I thought you were saying you want to do news from Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Why not both? We're coming at you live. <laughs> Jeez, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I I yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if I'd be able to do it because the other thing too is that News is based on demand, right? So yeah. that's why you see news organizations based in places that people are going to get shot every day or people are going to open new businesses every day and there's going to be stuff going on. Right, yeah. Uh, that's Big why, urban centers. Yeah, exactly. And that's why they're inherently a little bit liberal too because a lot of news is sourced out of those locations. Those locations are, are uh, relatively, uh, again, liberal compared to the area around them. You often hire out of those locations as well. Yeah, I mean, like if you look at... What is it? I think it's Texas, right? Mm-hmm. The entire state is is red, like pretty much to its core. Yeah. And then you have like Austin, which is a drop of blue on the map of Texas. Yeah, because of UT. Yeah. Close to my heart. <laughs> but uh, but no, it, it's interesting too that the uh, the the one thing that I wanted to, to bring up as well that the the Daily Show and the Colbert Report at least a couple of years ago were aired back to back too. Mm-hmm. So. I, I well, I was younger. I'd, I'd watch it with my dad. He'd have it on uh, late night if he stayed past my, my bedtime back in the day. <laughs> and uh, and you'd watch it, and you'd see the same events covered in two totally different ways. Yeah. By two different comedians with different like air quotes political spins on it. You know. Yeah. And it was man, it was it was funny. But I think I think that um, it is hilarious because you you have these comedians whose job is to kind of, like, observe things and then, like, notice, like, uh, that they look at things from kind of, like, how you would see things from space. Yeah. Like, they look at something and they're like, oh, so everybody does that. But that's really weird if you think about it, you know? Yeah. Like, why do we, why do we, like, we saw, like, this pink thing on the bottom of a cow and we're like, yo, let's drink this. (laughs) Someone's like, hey. I see, I see a baby calf suckling on that. I'm gonna do the same we, thing. We need some of that. No, <laughs> like if you think about a lot of the things that we do, it's it's really weird. It's really weird, man. But like, that, I think that's what's beautiful about comedians is that they have the ability to kind of like look at things through that lens. So naturally, it's gonna be hilarious because yeah. everybody in the United States uh, has a kind of like a political view yeah like you can't you can't really exist anywhere without a political view exactly even if as it's long as you have a standing government yeah <laughs> if you're if you're just in a warlord's wasteland then yeah there's not really any politics to be had it's just where can we get the nearest food <laughs> like some mad max level stuff <laughs> so like somalia or like afghanistan during the war jesus <laughs> But um, like you have, you have these comedians who are like taking. They're like, look, like on the left, 
you sound crazy like if you stop and listen to yourself and yeah. on the right you sound crazy if you stop and like listen to yourself uh-huh. you know like you guys are so rabid and just attacking each other all the time yeah and i think that when it comes to like mainstream mockery of of not just politics but just like news in general yeah like when like skit shows or stand-up comedians make fun of that. Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, people do a pretty all right job about saying, hey, I don't care where you stand politically. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Or like they'll exaggerate a certain feature. I uh, I uh, know a little bit about satire in uh, America, like historically, right? Oh, I bet you do. And uh, <laughs> just because it's fun, you know, for shits and giggles. <laughs> it's, a, it's a party trick, you know, uh, to like whip out facts about old satire. But uh, in like colonial America, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, come like the era of like Jefferson and like past like like the initial founding of America. Yeah. Making political cartoons was con- considered an ungentlemanly art. Really? Uh, it was. Yep. It, like, like things that people did because it attracted viewership mm-hmm. and uh, because they were very engaging. I mean, not everyone could read too. But it wasn't just like, hey, like, let me draw the president with like a dick on his head. Right. Uh, it was like metaphors and stuff like that. It was really complex, but it was very much frowned upon. Now it's like political satire. First of all, it's less political. Mm-hmm. It's very straightforward, right? Like if a president's known as clumsy, right? Instead of drawing uh, a metaphor like back in the day where they yeah. couldn't like tie their tie because their fingers aren't working and then like they're being made fun of by their colleagues. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be like, oh, on SNL, this guy's going to like slip and fall on like nuclear like launch codes. You know? Oh, I see. Okay. So there's the difference. That's kind of like evolved. the evolution of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, Dude, when we used to like in like my old English class in like high school, I'm thinking back to high school and – my old teacher, Mr. Erickson, shout out to Mr. Erickson if he has any merch, buy it. I, I don't <laughs> think he does, but uh, give him free money. Um, <laughs> we used to like look at like political cartoons and stuff, and we would like kind of like analyze these. And I'm like, oh, these are lame. This stuff's mm-hmm. boring, you know. But like, then like now when I see them, I'm like, oh, that's funny, uh-huh. you know. Like it, it has like some basis in reality, you know. Like, I, you kind of see that stuff through it it depends on like what your worldview is at the time yeah you know so like for and i think that's not just about kind of like being young or being older i think that's also about like kind of like your what what your perspective is based off of your life experience is how you see that you you could see a political cartoon as offensive or you could see a political cartoon as hilarious you know Mm -hmm. yeah and it makes sense I, i think that there's also uh worth considering too that uh I mean, the the author or the the artist naturally has a point of view, but that can be hidden in terms of the artistry itself. I mean, like these are uh, pieces of art. Like back in the day, like I, I mean, objectively, they're pretty fucking cool to look at because yeah. the art style is so unique. Uh, characteristics are exaggerated too. Like I saw one where Abraham Lincoln was uh, talking about controlling the news media, and he was like making a mixed drink behind a bar. Yeah. And so he's like tossing like liquid over his head, and he looks like the the bad guy from a series of unfortunate events. The whatever the evil like like stepfather or whatever it is, it's, it's a show on Netflix. Mm. And uh, man, it was like cool as hell. There's so much detail <laughs> in these too. But like nowadays, it's just like. No, fuck it. <laughs> I'll put a diaper on the president oh, and yeah. call it a day. No, I, I think that's I think that's just 
And what is it? Deadpool says that's just lazy, right? Is that copyright? Are we allowed to say that? <laughs> Are we allowed to quote Deadpool on our podcast? Oh yeah, we're good. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if if Ryan Reynolds wants to do that with us, he can he can come in the small room here and he can yeah he can have a conversation. Uh, that would be probably beautiful. As long as he's like, I would love to get cussed out by Ryan Reynolds in his Deadpool voice. As long as he's like dressed up as Pikachu, though. <laughs> Shout out Pokemon again. That all ties back. <laughs> oh my god! I told you I'd bring it up. <laughs> but uh, I, I do want to bring up uh, one thing about the, the satire thing and the news media thing we were talking about. I've always been told that the best satirists and like. The people who like write for the Onion, the people who do like political talk shows, are the best reporters too. Hmm. Why would that be? Because you have to learn the news before you can make fun of it. I mean, imagine meeting someone on. <laughs> that probably sounded so scripted. Me going, hmm. What would that be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, we're not that smart. I'm just tired. <laughs> but uh, but no. I mean, I mean, imagine meeting someone for the first time, right? Yeah. And having to make them laugh. Like, mm. you don't know anything about them. Right. You don't know what their family's like. You don't know what's on or off limits. Yeah. You don't know what they're, what, what's going to tickle their funny bone, per se. Yeah. But, like, if you ran up to me and you need to make me laugh, you would know because you're familiar with me. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like, news is like a living, breathing thing. You know, you have to – I want to say you have to be on top of it because that sounds sexual. Uh, <laughs> but Jesus you, you have to get to know it. You have to take it out to dinner. You have to – you know, open the car door for it. Yeah, open the car door for it. Oh, come on. People still do that. It, your, your limousine, sir. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, please. If, if you haven't done that once, you know, when you're trying to impress, like, a girl on a date, like, come on now. What am I going to do, slide across the hood of a car to open the passenger door? Okay, I've done that before. <laughs> no, I no, bet you, you have. <laughs> no, no, you, you, you pull up. Yeah, you wait, and when you see them like walking out the front door, you, you get out, you walk around, you oh, open the front yeah, door. Yeah. yeah, you know, or like like when you drop them off, you you get out, you open the door. You know, every once in a while, you, you can't make it like a regular thing because that's a lot of work. But I can't do that, man. I have a Honda. It's not. <laughs> it doesn't matter what I do. Nobody's impressed. <laughs> <laughs> but like even before they leave the front door, they're like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you pull up, you text them like, hey, I'm here. They're like, where? Like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm looking for, the, uh, I'm looking for the, the Ford Escape. If I'm picking up an engineer, though, they'd be like, oh, wow, like incredible <laughs> gas mileage. <laughs> She's like, wow, people who are environmentally friendly really get me hot and steamy. <laughs> that's, that's what my dad always says about, uh, about Hondas and like. Uh, all these Japanese cars. Cause I'm like, Dad, they don't look good. But he's like, he's like, hey, it's all about that gas mileage. <laughs> he's like, he's like, the car may not look good. My bank account looks good. <laughs> <laughs> and bitches love money. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we need to stop. <laughs> where do we go? Where? How do we get to Hondas? <laughs> I don't know, man. You oh, had... you said opening the car yeah. door in regards to like, yeah. Oh, what a weird metaphor. I'm telling you, I, I want to bring up another thing, though. Okay. Because I, I had to share uh, the story of a journalist from the perspective of a journalist, right? Right. And I'd like to say I'm pretty on my game now. You know, I, I kind of know how the the reporting game works, but I didn't always used to be this good. Okay. Have I ever told you about the very first reporting assignment I've ever had to do? No. 
So get this shit, right? The most influential teacher I've ever had, Mr. Harris, back from my high school, right? Buy his merch, give him free money. Hands down. <laughs> like, like I, I don't know what job he's in right now. I think he's still at the high school. Yeah. Like, shout out to Mr. Harris. <laughs> right? But what we're, uh, we're looking at here is, is the first assignment, the first reporting assignment. He goes, yeah. take a, a notepad, sit down, and stare at someone that's in the school. Oh, like, that's, that's kind of crazy. So, so we're wandering the hallways, right? Yeah. And, like, there's, like, the lunchroom, the hallways, and people are chilling between classes. And you go sit down and stare at them for, like, five minutes and write a news lead about them, what they're doing, like, what the scene is. He goes, go for it. And then when you're done, to make matters even more uncomfortable for, like, sophomore year Nick, he goes, walk up to them <laughs> and say, hey, I've been staring at you for the past five minutes. Oh, no. And uh, I want your permission to g- gather some quotes and, and write a story about you. That's and no good. I'll tell you right now. This was like uncomfortable, like sophomore year. Uh, I'm walking around and I saw this girl like with headphones in, right? So like I- I'm talking about like like music at like the you know my high school. Is this how you met your girlfriend? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Dude, I was shaking in my boots. I like waddled over uh, like little old me. And I'm like, <laughs> and for those for those who don't know, Nick moves, acts, and talks like a small old Italian grandma. Yeah, but like with like uh, an old like Justin Bieber like skater haircut. At the time. Yeah, right. Uh, and so like I waddle over right, and I start off. I start off by saying, "Hey, <laughs> I've been watching you listen to your music for the past five minutes from over here." <laughs> I, like, pointed to, like, my vantage point with my laptop over there. I'm like, can I talk to you about music? And she just stared at me. She's like, sure. Oh, no. And I'll tell you right now, I've never been afraid of approaching someone for a story again. Really? Yep. Wow. I mean, it still happens from time to time. But I will tell you, after that uncomfortable experience, I'm like, wow, if, if I could, like, do that, then, like, people who are public figures or, like, the performers or stuff like that, like that shit's easy. That's crazy, man. And then get this, right? Got mm-hmm. one more for you. Second project in the class. It's your first story. You go out on your own. You report on a person. Now you got to watch someone at their house instead of in the school. <laughs> and you got to knock on their door. <laughs> you got the telephoto lens. You got the binoculars. <laughs> hey, I wiretapped your phone and I've been watching you for the past. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> But uh, so I am. Uh, I'm partnered up with this uh, this girl in my class. You're older than me, uh, and like we're talking about doing a uh, interview and a profile on this like new like dancer. Like we have a dance group at the high school. We're mm-hmm. doing a profile on him, and uh, he's like the only guy in the all girls dance group. He's like a break dancer. He's like, ridiculously good. So we talked to the the coach, and she's cool. Yeah. Uh, talked to. Like his, uh, like the team captain, she's cool. And when it's time to interview him, uh, I like my partner just wasn't responding, so I'm like, "Fuck it!" Like I'm, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna handle this yeah. like a grown ass high school man. Okay. And uh, I sit down, and uh, the guy is a Mongolian transfer student. Okay. And literally, the only words he said back to me the entire interview were "yes" and "no," and I'm like, and the questions were like, so how did you get into dancing? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
And like, there's no way, bro. Are you serious? Dead ass. Oh no. And I'm like, what's your favorite part about dancing? He goes, yes. <laughs> oh no. I mean, oh my god. And you need to picture how uncomfortable this is too. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm in a room with this guy, and I'm shitting my pants because I don't know what the hell to say to him. <laughs> and he's shitting his pants because he's like, man, this guy's speaking mad English. <laughs> And like he, he he you could tell he understood parts of it, but like he was too nervous to like try and like put a sentence together. Yeah. And it was it was just two guys like staring at each other, like, what the fuck do we do? And so I, I came back and like I put together what we had and I'm like, yo, Mr. Harris, like, I don't know what the hell to do with this. And he's like, Yeah, it happens, like, you know, like turn on whatever and like like the project was was what it was, like stories fall through. Right. But man, that was up there with uncomfortable interviews and just piecing together shit. I couldn't tell you how I do it now. Dude, that's that's bad, man. Especially with that language barrier. That's got to be really difficult. Oh, it was fun as hell. Like, looking back on it now, hell yeah. It was awesome. But, like, yeah. like I I would probably do it again if I had the opportunity to. But, no, the uh, the language barrier thing is... Is is difficult, you know, and, and nothing personal. Guy was super nice, great dancer, super envious. I wish I could, <laughs> wish I could break dance like he could. Great but. dancer, English zero out of ten. <laughs> Makes up for it. He he teched his skill points in the dance. Oh, got you. Okay, but uh, but no, man, it's the difficulties of the the budding journalist. There's trials and tribulations you have to go through to, you know, kind of like put badges of honor on yourself. Oh, you're like a Boy Scout. Kind of, yeah. I got my English second language bad. Badge. <laughs> oh my god, that was that wasn't a sentence. Uh, English so as a second language. English badge. as a second like you mash those words together. Oh bro. my god, yeah, it's been a long day. So you man. end up with a new English dialect. Jesus, it's like everything in the south. Oh god, it's like the the way people talk when they're from like the deep south. I'm not talking about like like for example, my stepdad's from Tennessee. He has he has the the southern twang to his voice, but he's like I mean, it's just it's just he's from there. a higher elevation of the south. He's in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, he's Tennessee's up north. Like I'm he's talking in the like Smoky Mountains. I'm talking like Mississippi or like talking Alabama. about right back there down in the Bayou. It's like the way that that I interpret, and no offense, but like it's, it's just the way that my ears hear it because like you're not used to the language. It sounds like as if you were gonna send someone a text. <laughs> And you removed all the spaces. Like, and maybe some of the punctuation. Sweet Jesus. L- l- like, you kind of don't know where one word starts or one word ends until someone adds, like, a y'all question mark. Oh, but y'all's a Western thing. That's not the deep south. You sure? I I think, well, I think it depends. I, I think there are different... Uh, I've given this a lot of thought. I'm big into accents. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're very intriguing to me. Go for it. I think you have high society South, like that antebellum, like, I do declare, uh-huh. <laughs> like that, you know? Yeah. That kind of... I picture, I, like, like, the colonel from KFC. Well, that's, like, the guy who's, like, vice president of the treasury in Georgia or something like that. Gotcha. <laughs> and, and, like, Athens, Georgia, something like that. Uh-huh. And then you've got, like, the guy who, like, landscapes <laughs> in the same town. But he sounds more like what you were describing, you know? You have, like, Reginald, like, Green being the fourth yeah. versus, like, Harold Woodfoot. <laughs> Harold Woodfoot. 
No, Harold's too high society. What okay. Like Tim Jenkins. <laughs> something something like that, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, no, I, I, and then, like, once you, once you get out west, you got, like, you, <laughs> are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I turn away from the mic for one second so you can see my face. Dog, and you're I like, thought you were about to throw up. No, you're good, man. <laughs> Point of the matter is, y'all is a Western thing. Yeah. See, I was always under the impression, though, that y'all was Southern, and then the equivalent is you guys, like we say all the time in the Midwest, like in the in the North. I think that's more of like a, a modern suburban Midwestern thing, though. You think so? Hey, man, you guys got to chill out. <laughs> like that kind of... <laughs> you guys want to listen to uh, you know, Sicko Mode or like, Mobamba? That's like, yeah, that's like how people from Williamson talk, you know? <laughs> Y'all reckon we play. <laughs> hey, man, you really got to chill out, dude. <laughs> That's not cool. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, man, I could barely take you seriously, like, making fun of people into the microphone to me with that voice. If I heard someone genuinely walk up Bro, to me and go. Okay. People like, actually talk like that, though. Like, I need you to understand where where I'm from is this little city uh, in southeast Michigan called Ann Arbor. Yeah. And like the the like literally that is how some people sound. And it's it's bizarre. These are like the sons and daughters of like U of M profs or like really, you know, like important people, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what they would like to think they are. Uh-huh. Um and uh some of them have done really important research, but then they raise these kids who are like we're like, yeah, dude, we're going to beat you in basketball. <laughs> Man, that was just, yeah, I, I, I couldn't get on board with that's, that. That's how, yeah, I know. And then when you just hear that every single day and it's just nonstop. Like if, if I sat down in like a U of M like business class and some dude with like spiked hair and like a collared shirt turns around and goes like, hey, I'm Tyler. Like, <laughs> like listen here. I own a small shoe startup, and I do my own taxes. <laughs> you guys got to get on TurboTax, dude. <laughs> it's really quick and easy. You can use your tax return and buy my shoes. <laughs> use my referral code. Super tie 54. Go to my dad's house in Livonia. <laughs> I got a beach house, too. Yep. It's on the lake. Like the the paddleboard. Let's go to Beaver <laughs> Island, dude. It's so nice up there. <laughs> yeah, these are the people I went to high school with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, nothing against them because we need people like that in this world. I, I'm do we? <laughs> <laughs> what do you no, mean, I'm do just, we? I'm just kidding. I, anyone, anyone from back home who's listening, I love you all. You're all, you're all good people. <laughs> I'm just saying, I like. As much as I couldn't probably spend more than a handful of minutes talking with that person, just because of the way I am personally yeah. and just my personality, right? With your Ev- Evanston yeah. high society. Oh, not not even. <laughs> but uh, if someone was to go like, "Hey, like my name's Tyler. Let me do your taxes," I'd be like, "Sure." 
I'd be like, here, here's like fifty bucks on like a Nickelback album, or like maybe like like Sam Smith or whoever they listen to. You yeah, know? but if someone was like, hey, dude, my name's Tyler, like let me do your taxes, and you were like, okay, and he was like, bet. <laughs> yeah, that that would be instant. Like, I don't want to say an instant turn off, but like that would be like, yeah, no, I'm I'm just gonna fuck it up myself. You're like. I'm going to go home and not send him my taxes. <laughs> like, even if I get, like, like pinched for tax evasion, like, still better than working with Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler's probably blast in sicko mode while doing your taxes, bro. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> it helps me get in the zone. Like, <laughs> me and these, the, this puka shell necklace. <laughs> oh, man. I know. Good God. The puka shell necklace, I feel like, is very... Um, it's kind of a symbol of, like, a certain type of person now in the United States. I think the word you're looking for is chotch. <laughs> like, w- when I picture puka shell necklace, right, I picture, like, 90s, like, bleached hair. Like Guy Fieri Young. Yeah. <laughs> well, I- I'm picturing, yeah, yeah, Guy Fieri Young, like, the guys who are from, like, Southern California who had, like, one hit single on the radio. And are still probably like living that dream, and they haven't changed their clothes in like twenty years. Yeah. So like, like, like these guys will go on tour, still dressed in like the sunglasses with like the slits through them instead of like a lens. They'll have like tank tops that say like "I love New York" or like "I love South Beach," and they'll like walk around with suns like, out, guns out. Yeah. <laughs> like something like that, and they'll have the pukas on. And so have, like, Myrtle Beach. Bag. Yeah. <laughs> Every everyone at Myrtle Beach. Yeah, I, I've never been, but from my interpretations, yeah, it's like it's like a transplant of Northerners who think that they're like they're like Californians, but really they're in like some old swampy part of the Deep South that got converted into a beach. <laughs> like you're like, yeah, th- this is what beach life is to me, dude. I got I got a story for you, okay? Go. For so it. my se- my or was it see? I think spring break of my senior year of high school, me and my friends. We road tripped down to Myrtle Beach for spring break, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so at, we were driving through, like, uh, I'm trying to think, Ohio, West Virginia, North Carolina, you know, all these different places. And as soon as you hit South Carolina, man, like deep south, mm-hmm. like we saw a cop sitting in a, a Dodge Charger, yeah. front seat, like a like it had to have been a cop yeah. in like a speed trap, but uh-huh. he was wearing a wife beater. <laughs> no, no hat, no uniform. Wife beater, driver's seat, speed trap. I'm picture like sweaty wife beater, like police badge sticker. Dog, I didn't see the police badge, but like we we were all like s- mentally, we were swimming for a minute. We were like, what? Where are we? <laughs> I'm picturing like radio comms with that guy being like, like unit two seven no, to uh, to unit fifty four. That's and that be like, accent. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that's where it is. Like unit two fifty seven, one calling in. <laughs> and I'll be like, Nah, this is Greg. Two fifty seven's taking a leak. <laughs> yeah, he just told me keep the car cold. <laughs> <laughs> you know where he keeps his snacks. <laughs> It's it's like it's like his brother in law that like doesn't have a job. He's like he's still looking, but like he just rides along every day because he doesn't have anything better to do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that motherfucker's going pretty darn quick. <laughs> Tim, get back here! They were going one oh eight. That man have a uh, a permit for that horse. <laughs> so speaking of ride longs, didn't you go on a ride along last semester? I did. 
Oh, why don't you tell? I never got to hear about it. Would you like to tell me about it? I'll tell you right now. If if you want to add, like, or make a list of times I've shat my pants as a journalist, oh. metaphorically, dude, Ride Long was the scariest thing to start off with. Just right? wait till you start covering wars. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pull you. I'm gonna hit you with a no. And here's why. Okay. I don't want to die. And like, don't get me wrong. I I get like like. In comparison to some jobs, journalism is a dangerous job. But this ride-along, right, mm-hmm. made me realize, wow, like, I, I am doing journalism. And I think the thing that freaked me out the most, right? <laughs> I, uh, I am doing journalism. <laughs> yes, this is your major. <laughs> P- picture me in, like, the backseat of a cop car with, like, a, a pad of paper, right? Yeah. I, I had a small, like, it looked lo- like like a little bit bigger than the size of, like, a smartphone. Yeah. Size of, like, a a notebook. Right. I had a pen, and I had my phone on me. Yeah. And that was it. Okay. And I'm sitting in the back of this cop car, right? I can't I can't open the door to let myself out because, like, it's a cop car. <laughs> I can't open from the outside. I'm back there with, like, my photographer who, like, just has his camera. Yeah. Like, we're not allowed to use our phones for right. the most part because, like, they, they don't want you, like, documenting stuff unjustly uh, here and there. Like, they don't want you to, like, use your phone. Like, they just have, like, a set of rules for, like, your own safety, right? Ooh. Who told you that, bro? Dude, the police captain, man. Hey, man, they're public servants. You're allowed to film them whenever you want. You know what? At this point, like like I said, the thing that's freaking <laughs> you were You were a scared boy in the, the back thing, of a cop car. The thing that was going into it, I'm like, hell yeah, ride along's going to be really cool. The thing that freaked me out is like my girlfriend and my parents going, text me like before and after the ride along. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> like make sure you're safe. What's going to happen? And like, like going in there too, like before we hopped in, like the police chief goes, you know, your safety is our number one priority. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, if if there's a shooting, you're dropping us off and we're walking home. Dude, you're on a college campus in Michigan. There is. <laughs> I'm just saying, for example, right? Like, this is what's going through yeah. my head. Because, like, going in, I'm like, yeah, nothing's going to happen. Like, yeah. the, the, the big event at the time was, like, the big football game going on. Right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, we're covering the after that. So I'm picturing, like, drunk drivers here and there. Like, you know, a car accident. Like, right. someone, like... Like responding to like underage drinking, like mm-hmm. like the typical stuff, right? But this guy like gave us a talk, like okay, it's so, like if we're responding to like something like dangerous, like you are ducking, like here is like what's gonna happen, right? And I'm like, I'm in danger, <laughs> like, like 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 the fucking meme from The Simpsons. Yes, you are. <laughs> and uh, man, it, it was just like, and there were a couple occasions too, like where we uh, responded to some things or talked to some people, yeah. And like the two officers up front like hopped out. And they just kind of, like, left us in the back seat. That's awkward. And, like, as they're closing the door, I'm like, hey, like, I'm, I'm practically a criminal back here. Like, like I can't let myself out. I'm not going to crawl through the front because there's, like, plexiglass. Yeah. And uh, it, it was – don't get me wrong. At the end of the night, like, I think I was with them for probably four or five hours in yeah. total, right? It was incredibly cool to, like, know how, like, police officers do their work because – like, there's so much to it. Like, I have a lot of respect for them just, like, based on my upbringing. Like, it was super cool uh, to, like, learn the lingo and, like, what they look out for and the problems that were plaguing the community. But, like, man, throughout some of that, I was just – I'm like, what's going to happen now? Hey, I, dude, get off your soapbox and tell us about the cool shit that happened. <laughs> I, so here's the coolest <laughs> shit, right? So – uh we uh we, we get a response to a call, right? Yeah. Apparently, it's a traffic stop, intoxicated driver, and we're on, oh, like, the other side of campus. Yeah. 
and they're on the the main road, like going from campus on Michigan. Right. Uh, the the police captain who's driving, he goes, "Okay, we're gonna report to this." Hold on, and the man floors it. Right? Like, like the streets on campus are like twenty five. Like that's their speed limit. We yeah. were going sixty down campus. Zooming. Were and you in? Were you in uh, a? Were you in an Ottawa County Charger, or were you in like a? No, I was just like an SUV. Oh, gotcha. Like Ford Escape. Like, okay. like, oh yeah, yeah, the the campus ones. Okay. Yeah. So so we're hauling ass down there. Like we hit the main road. He flips on the lights, and I'm like, okay, like did someone like die yeah. I'm like like we're hustling here and uh then we like pulled up and it was just a car on the side of the road it was like a it was just like a girl in like her 20s right yeah. who were 21 who had been like just drinking too just much decided to throw a fifth down and then hop in the driver's seat well not even that <laughs> she she told the the officer responding on the scene she goes yeah i took a nap and that was supposed to sober me up like she was like blackout drunk she took a half hour nap and she goes i'm good now holy sh- People are so dumb, bro. So it was pretty cool. And, and like, uh, the other thing, too, is is I don't think people realize how much, like, police officers, like, know. Yeah. And, like, part of it is that, like, they can't go after certain things that they see for, like, legal reasons. Like, they don't know, like, if that water you have is, is water or vodka. But, like, there are multiple times where we'd stop and you'd be like, hey, see that guy with the, the big old, like, milk jug full of water in his backpack? He goes, where are the chances that that's water? Yeah. And, like... Depends he, on if he's walking back from the rec center. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, like you know that, he, that, like, if he wants to, you could pull up and just be like, have a nice night, walk around safe. And, like, like cause, you know, you couldn't do anything like that, but, like, the kid would be scared shitless. Yeah. But overall, it, it was it was pretty damn cool. And plus, like, uh, the thing, too, like, I think one of the coolest parts is that we got to see, like, the staging area, right, where, like, they, like, equipped themselves to, like, head out for the night. Oh, really? And we're, like, walking through the police station to the like the armory which is like a locked room but if you like look inside you see like just walls of like guns and like i i and this up... is the campus police department yeah because i mean like like they have to respond to like like let's say that there's like an active shooter like they need to like equip themselves for that like god forbid something happens right uh but there's that there's like a, like a super huge garage full of like their cruisers and stuff like that they yeah. have like snacks that's pretty cool <laughs> An important part you about like, being fuck the armory, bro. Where's the snack room? <laughs> I'm like, I was told you guys have donuts. <laughs> is that true, or or is that is that fake news? No, we just have AR-15s and auto- automatic shotguns <sighs> to handle college kids. Then why the fuck am I here? <laughs> if there's no snacks here, I'm mean, gonna be miserable. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the the last takeaway too is that. I couldn't type on my phone, like, with notes and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm writing in the back of this cop car with no lights. Right. And uh, so I'm, like, just trusting my handwriting mm-hmm. in the back. And I'm, like, writing down things he's saying and quotes and stuff like that. And then we, like, drive under, like, a, a lamp or, like, we park somewhere and the lights <laughs> come on. You're like, oh, this makes no sense. I'm like, these are hieroglyphics. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> you, you're a disgrace, bro. People in people in the dark in caves in Europe, like twenty thousand years ago, could make entire like interactive paintings, and you can't write in the dark in the back of a cop car. Dude, if if you gave me an art studio in like a month, I still couldn't produce anything as good as like a caveman or like a <laughs> or like a medieval artist or something like that. Some there there are, is no way. Yeah. Hey, I mean, 
It's not like they had anything better to do. It's like go outside, get eaten by a gray wolf, or <laughs> like let's paint, let's paint for a little bit, dude. We got some of this, we got some of this leftover deer. Let's paint with it. <laughs> you're like, you're like, bro. You... Those are your options back then. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. You're like, you're like, look, we could like, we could like try some new shit in the cave, or like we can go outside and there's like bears and wolves and like. They're like, hey, hey, but dad, I, I want to go. Pick some berries. I'm kind of hungry. It's like, yeah, but we just saw a bear. By <laughs> you know what those motherfuckers did to your uncle? Like, if you start taking their berries, guess what they have to eat instead of berries? <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll draw stick figures <laughs> if I have to. Man, it sounds like they were simpler times back then. <laughs> I, you know, I think simpler times are now, dude. To be honest with you. Like that's I'm I'm totally backwards. You on, think so? On like what people think. The people think that it's it's simpler now. Like if I ask someone today, I'm like, "Yo, do you know how to like this little iPhone works? How this computer works? All that stuff, right?" Yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with survival. If I asked you, Nick, build me a fire. Nick, skin me a buffalo. Make a coat out of it and survive <laughs> negative twenty degrees with nine feet of snow falling in northern Michigan twenty thousand years ago. You can't do any of it. Help! <laughs> yeah, it, it was way more complicated being alive back then, dude. Yeah, I, I I can see that, but I think in terms of the the decision making is the big thing, right? What do you mean? Where back then, your lifestyle was very straightforward. Every day, you would go out, and your role was to make pots for people. And I made a pot every day. Until I died. And then my son would make pots for me every day till he died. What? Yeah, I'm, t- I'm talking about like like hunter-gatherer societies, like but a little bit past that where people had very specialized roles, you know? Talking about like ancient Greece? Yeah. Oh, so like a, like a artisan craftsman or yeah. like something like that? Yeah, where people had very, very specific roles. Whereas today, right, like if I wanted to say, fuck it, I'm going to be an accountant. Like I could drop what I'm doing, pick that up, and then like... There's that decision, or even well, like from day well, yeah. to day, you know, but like, like when when you think about from like a historical standpoint, and even from an anthropological standpoint, civilization is a pretty new thing for humans. Like that, I'm gonna make pots from now until I die. Yeah, like even back then, you're gonna make pots in Athens until Sparta rolls through and stabs you with a spear. But like. 80,000 years previous to that, you weren't making pots, dude. You were running from wolves, like, dying at 20 of, like, I don't know, like a bug bite. Like, yeah. <laughs> life is crazy, man. Civilization is new. We've got more history of running around and killing each other than we do of actually, like, getting along and building houses and shit. <laughs> I mean, like, e- even up till now. Yeah. Man, that, that that's crazy to picture. Yeah. Speaking of... I want to bring back a, a news topic, too. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, of, I don't want to say, like, speaking of violence, but, like, around the world. But. Go for it. So here is the uh, the state of news that we are in. I want to tie this to another thing uh, that I think really encompasses the whole media discussion we were having earlier before we talked about wolves eating people and okay. uh, and ride-alongs, me shit my pants. <laughs> uh but so if you're up to date on what's happening right now, apparently Pakistan and India are in some sort of like dispute uh, based off of their their border. The Kashmir yeah. region. Yeah. 
and uh, they shot down each other's like fighter planes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Pakistan captured an Indian pilot. It's been going on for uh, a long time, dude. Yeah, but like as of recent, there's been reporting about the the shooting down and the capture of this one pilot, right? Yeah, and apparently a uh, a Pakistani uh, news agency used like some sort of fake media from like 2016, uh, 17. Yeah, some out of date fake media. Yeah, and so this Indian news agency is like. Fuck these guys. This is fake news. And they drop that golden word. Ah. And then another news agency, like a third party, goes, hey, you know that report you gave about the, the fake news and the, the misleading image? Your fake news. Yeah, yeah. Like, like they used a, a 2017 video of, like, some bombings. Oh, my gosh. And so, like. How backwards. Man. Oh, it, but it, wait. That's us. <laughs> it, it's a lot of people, dude. But, like, it's all over the place, and I won't lie. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a journalist who hasn't made a mistake and had it be published once in their life. I think, granted, like, larger organizations are really subject to criticism uh, because of the size of their audience. But, I mean, a lot of the times it's just an innocent mistake. I thought I was correct. I thought the source was being straightforward with me. You know, it is what it is. But uh, I don't trust any news regarding war, though. Especially with something like that, because once you get into, like, once your country is in a conflict, you can't sustain that conflict, and sustaining it is necessary to winning it, Mm -hmm. because you want to be in the conflict. You have to have news and media and stuff like that that's pushing kind of like this agenda. So, like, I mean, you you saw this with, like, all the hype up around the Iraq war, all those kinds of things, you know. Like, we got to go, you know, we got to go take care of them, you mm-hmm. know. They they came after us, you know. When, yeah. Like, really, it was the Taliban, not Saddam Hussein. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Saddam Hussein was a good person. I'm, I'm not saying that he shouldn't have been killed. I'm just saying that, like, it <laughs> didn't really make sense for us to do it. <laughs> and the other question I have, too, is, is again, know you're a history guy. I'm, I'm looking at, like, World War Two. Yeah. Uh, with like or World War One too with propaganda. Being yeah. A huge thing. But propaganda was inherently separate from the news media. Where the news media would be the people reporting on victories or losses and battles and death counts and stuff like that, but propaganda was government controlled. I think it you would have to ask a more uh like a, a social historian. I'm more of like a gotcha. I'm more of like a you know, how many people died and what was used to kill each other and, like, when did it happen and that kind of, like, history history person. But um, I think my understanding is that you... I, I'm sure you know about this being a journalist. During wartime, at least in the United States, uh, censoring is... Censoring by the government is, is, is uh, allowed. Yeah, in times of a uh, state of emergency. Yeah, so you can... you this, The state is essentially to... Or the state is essentially allowed to edit whatever they want. Oh yeah, so long as it protects the country's interests. So you can like you're saying like traditional propaganda, like posters and stuff like that, you know, and like uh, join up, you know, the doughboys need you or whatever. Yeah, but like also the news is being affected by that too. Mm-hmm. So like you're not getting like news where it's like hey. Like in Britain, for example, like we can talk about the Battle of the Somme in World War One. The British news isn't going like, hey, 50,000 boys died today because of the ineptitude of the generals. They're like, oh, the German scourge, you know, killed yeah. 50,000 of our boys today. 
you know, like uh, they fought bravely, whatever. It was like, no, like none of that happened. Like you just refused to think of a different avenue. So you kept throwing companies and platoons at a wall of German machine guns. Mm-hmm. I think the, lo- the, the last question I'll pose to you, though, is looking at strictly the like what actually happened and the bodies and the weaponry. Do you ever question your sources like people question typical news media? And I know people nowadays have, you know, harbored the, the right to. Uh, I, I think, based off of what they've seen and then the falsehoods that have been reported. But, like, do you ever just look at a textbook and say, hey, maybe this guy is looking at the wrong stuff here or interpreted it wrong? Um, that's why you don't look at textbooks necessarily. Like, you may look at a textbook that's created by an academic. You don't – the last thing you want to do is look at a textbook that's made by the government. Gotcha. Because that's whatever the government – is wanting to say, you know, mm-hmm. and whether that's good or bad, you know, generally like when you were growing up, the, the, the idea is like this whole positive narrative about the United States and stuff, and it will give you some national pride and stuff, but they never talk about like, you know, the brut- brutalization of slavery or like the fact that we went to war with Mexico, like we provoked war with Mexico just so we could take like the entire Western United States, not because we actually had a reason to go to war with them. Gotcha. Like they won't mention any of those things, but when you look the 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 best thing for especially a historian is primary sources. Yeah. So it's people that were there and they're not putting a spin on it. They're just like, "Hey, this is how many bodies I counted and gotcha. we don't know why this is happening." You know? Yeah. And then it's your job to figure out the why and the kind of like the forces that kind of drove things in that direction and those kinds of situations it brings it full circle too i mean like like to have those conversations and to read those sources that's hard news that's difficult to to read you know yeah it's gotta have an effect on people i mean it affects morale big time yeah i know that like journalist burnout is a is a big thing in the industry so i I assume that like so what is that journalist burnout uh i'll only cover it uh, very briefly, because we're we're approaching the end of the hour. But okay. journalist burnout is uh, the retention rate of journalists in the field. Yeah. They'll switch to another field like public relations or freelance writing or uh, maybe even photography or a different type of media because covering either the same area or covering so much of a certain topic just weighs yeah. down on you. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's just kind of like you oversaturate your mind with – yeah. Like double homicides on your first day, yeah, that kind of thing. But uh, but with that, yeah, we're going to end it on that very serious note. We're not going to talk about dicks or shit next week, hands down. <laughs> uh, Max, thank you for taking this deep dive with me. I know it was a little bit focused on on my experience, but I appreciate your interest. It was uh, it was very. Very interesting, and it was good to talk about this stuff, man, because it's it's really important to to kind of address problems that we've always had and problems that we have today, and mm-hmm. will probably persist. Very much so. And, and brief announcement: people will see you on Twitter. No show next week. We're on spring break. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you have any plans. I have zero plans, which is fucking awesome. I'm gonna be partying hardy in Espana. I'm gonna be sitting on my ass, like playing on my switch so uh i respect that so yeah no show next week uh we'll keep in touch via twitter uh via all the other outlets that we have and with that read your news be skeptical and have a fucking awesome break we out